Hey, deal makers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. I'm your host, Garrett Lynch, and as always, let's get ready to own it. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Coming up on this episode, we're diving deep into the future property tech with the co-founder and CEO of HelloData.ai. But first, I want to give a shout out to Adam with the Home Equity Partner via Apple Podcasts. He said, this is a great podcast. I had the pleasure of hearing from the brilliant Matt King of GoBundance, who shared invaluable wisdom on building a powerful sphere of influence. Thanks, Adam. And if you guys learned something from listening to this podcast, please give us a starred review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow our listener base. Success highlight, our student, Kevin O'Brien, just purchased eight units in Salt Lake City, Utah. The deal is valued at $1,800,000. Kevin's coach was Jeremy. If you guys want to do your own deals, just like this student did, please reach out to us at themichaelblanc.com slash mentor and see if mentoring is right for you. It can help you get there a lot faster. And it's it's a proven method that we have. We have really great coaches that they do a fantastic job and they've done, they do their own deals, which is really unique. So today we welcome an innovative thinker at the crossroads of real estate and technology. Mark Rudson is the co-founder and CEO of HelloData.ai, a game-changing piece of technology, instrumental in shaping the future of real estate investing. We're happy to have him on the show. So let's dive in. Mark, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So you have a really cool business going on in the AI space. Tell me a little bit about how you got started. So I started my career in real estate development back in the day. This was 2011. Great time to be a real estate developer, by the way. Not, not a ton of development activity, but did some neighborhood stabilization program projects in federally qualified health center, you know, really cut my teeth in, in real estate there. Then went into brokerage and consulting and everywhere I, I went, I saw how inefficient the industry operates. It still works, but it was pretty inefficient. So launched a startup called Inodo back in the day, 2016 to try to solve some of the problems that I was encountering in, in real estate. And ultimately that sold to Walker and Dunlop in 2019. I rose up to chief product officer there, built tech that helped them reduce underwriting times pretty substantially. And ultimately wanted to get back in the startup world. So joined Tim and Nico, who were my first two hires at Noto to launch Hello Data. I just joined them in May actually this year. That's where I know you from. I was like, I was like, you know what? This guy looks real familiar, but I, I remember, I think we chatted before about a Noto. That's pretty cool. That's, that is this, the soft, it's like an underwriting software that helps you kind of put pricing on amenities and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, the granite countertops, the roof deck, the dog run, how much rent lift are you actually going to get from those things? That's so cool, man. So, but now you're the CEO of Hello Data Data. AI. So how does that help people? What problem is it solving in the in the real estate industry? Yeah. So owners and lenders, both when, when they have to manage assets, they're, they're looking at data very subjectively. 
They're speculating on what drove pricing up or down. What are the the detriments to our success in operating this property? Or what are the risk factors looking at the lender's perspective for, for our portfolio? Which property should we be concerned about? Everyone's looking at the same data. They're just slicing and dicing it different ways and spending a ton of time getting it into the format to actually analyze. In the, the era of AI, you don't have to speculate about what drove pricing or what risk factors are. You, you can use AI to determine these things or, or point you in the right direction, at least. So we're building a platform that helps owners and operators set their pricing properly, manage their expenses and make sure that they're performing well relative to the market and basically optimize the performance of their asset. So it's asset management tool for owners and operators, but it's also an asset management tool for lenders because they have to look at the same data and say, hey, is this property at risk of default? They have to identify this and they have to do write-ups every quarter on, you know, these are this is what happened year over year. This is what we think is a cause for concern. This isn't a cause for concern. And here's where we are relative to the market. Why not just use AI to put all that data in one place, give it to the owners in one format and give it to the lenders in another and derive those key insights from it. Oh, that's really cool. And where do you guys pull the data from? So right now we have an algorithm that's going out to all the different listing sites and aggregating data, but that's really just context, right? So so the the context of the market, like what what attributes are present in everyone's properties and what makes them a comp or not a comp that we're getting from going to the listing sites and actually analyzing the photos of the properties too. We have an algorithm that analyzes quality and condition from property photos to get real apples to apples comparisons. That's kind of the the engine of data that then we plug into their property management software and analyze their data in the context of that other data, right? And then we plug into the lender's process and help them derive insights from that collective data. So we have a revenue management product right now called Liquid Rent that we're aiming to be the most transparent revenue management software on the market not just telling you where you should price, but why pricing adjusted, what will happen if you set the price higher or lower in terms of your, your prospects, applicants, and leases. And we have the RentSource product, which, which people can subscribe to today to basically keep tabs on their competition. Like you wanna track these 10 properties and see everything that changes, you can do that today. Where we're going is that kind of fully AI-driven model where it can do your asset management write-ups on the lender side, and it could tell you, change this, this, and this, or pull these levers to, to tweak performance on the owner's side. So that, and that's really cool. The, the revenue management software. So we, we use one right now as well. How would this be different from some of these others that maybe don't have AI? Yeah. So the, the big thing is being able to summarize in very human, readable, and understandable language. It, we're not talking standard deviations and you know, median error and any of that, we're, we're saying, if you do this, this will happen. And this is why, right? Getting to that very human understandable summary, because real estate people aren't data scientists, and they're not supposed to be. So that's, that's kind of the differentiator now. And then in the future, as we make it more and more robust, it's price isn't the only lever, right? Price is one lever, and it's an important one. But we found this time and again, talking with uh, people in the market, if you're not performing well historically, and you're not like really positioned well relative to the competition, well, then you're only going to train your algorithm on poor performance in the past. It's going to have poor performance in the future. 
So for us, it's more about identifying what is the the most important factor at any given point in time. Is it the way you're you're positioning your your listings? Is it the way your on-site teams are managing the the leads that they do have come in? Is it the property manager? Are they not doing an effective job relative to other managers in the market? These are insights that we're we're building into the product now and want to offer. For now, it's revenue management and it's very transparent, but where it's going is is super exciting. So for you guys listening out there, and some of you already know this, but if you're you're running a site and let's say it's out of state or, or whatever, and, and you're running it from a distance and it's not working, you have to try to figure out what is wrong. And there's a whole ton of variables as to what's going on. It could be the staff. It could be that people are, your rents are too high. It could be that you have too many work orders. Like there's all kinds of data points. And so if you have something that can give you more transparency on what's going on compared to the market, that's that's really helpful because your competitors, you, you have to factor in the human side of things. Like having somebody sit there and a team running the site that does that does make a huge impact on on what's happening. But if that team is good, it's you need to know that it's not them necessarily. That there's other outside factors happening. Like maybe rents in that area are sliding, and everyone else you're seeing. A, a, you check ten apartment complexes; they're all going backwards. You're like, oh shoot, I've been holding my rents up higher than everyone else the rest of the time. It's just something that's happening in the market. That stuff happens. And especially right now in this environment, when things are not just going up anymore, things are going backwards in a lot of ways. It's more, it's even more important to be able to, to point to specific data amongst your competitors and make sure that you're in alignment with what's going on in the market because the market is, is downshifting. So this, I'd say that, you know, this tool, that's first of all, with revenue management system, and, and again, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with it, it's a software that sets pricing based on what your competitors are doing in the market. Different sites are, are weighted differently. So if you have a site that's next door, that's not renovated, let's, let's say they're not, they're going to put a weight system. They're not going to like tie your rents to that site because there's, they have unrenovated units, right? Or they're missing amenities or whatever it is. So they, you weight each one of those and then that's, should help you get the maximum rent in that time period. It's also based on other variables like demand, how many units you know exist on your property. Like if you have a high vacancy, it's going to give go slightly lower so that you can fill it up. So all these things that come into play. From what I've heard about that, those kind of softwares is that they work really well in an up market and then in a down market, they're a little bit more challenging. Like you can get smoked on those. And I'm just curious what your take on that is. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. So We've we've also heard that if you are operating in a market without too many close comps, they go haywire. They'll they'll keep the pricing constant, right? It won't change for a pretty long period of time. So we think those problems are solvable by essentially developing the perfect comps algorithm, right? So so this is our our thesis here, and we're we're pushing this direction. We have the visual detection algorithm that can analyze the photos of the property, the exterior views, the street views and tell you what is the quality and condition of this property objectively relative to the block and relative to the the market as a whole. If we run that for every property in a market, 
That plus all the data on the properties themselves, like the year built, the number of units, the, the floor plan sizes, the, the attributes, like every collective attribute. Well, that that's then you're looking at things in a, in a way that a prospective resident would look at it. What they're looking at, the location, the price, and then the, the quality. Do I like this unit? Does it look similar to this other one that I like? Okay, then I'm going to go tour that. That's how you get to comparability. And I feel like the missing factor has been that visual analysis that we can now do with our computer vision algorithms. So if you get the perfect market area, you to get the perfect market area, I should say, you just say, instead of five comps, I want to get 500 comps. I want to expand picking up similar properties in terms of the, the physical appearance of them and their attributes until you get the effective market area. Within that, you can calculate supply and demand and get absorption. And that, we think, is going to enable us to serve under 100-unit properties, the ones where current revenue management software, if you have like one or two units in a floor plan, it really doesn't work. But with this approach that, that we're building right now, we think we can serve the under 100-unit market all the way down to like a, a four flat, right, to, to recommend pricing relative to the market based on the sum of your attributes. And that, I think, will be a game changer because right now, the major players in revenue management, they, they definitely don't support stuff in the, you know, kind of 50 unit range very well and not a lot of operators in that space. So is that more your target market? That's that's where we're, we think there's the most bang for the buck. We can serve with our current model, larger properties, but we think there's a lot more room for improvement, I'd say, in the revenue management offerings below 100 units. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. I mean, couldn't the other the other big guys out there, couldn't they just figure out a way, if they haven't already, click some AI into their stuff and then, you know, go forward with that, like adding that that type of technology in? You know, I, I always think of this question, like, what if the big players did this? What if the big players did that? But there wouldn't be any successful startups if the big players could do this stuff, right? In an agile Well, yeah, th- that's a really good point. You're, you can be more nimble, right? We, so, we so if you... Yeah. If you have you have a product or software and you're able to be able to maneuver and actually get you're getting data that other big firms that are just clunkier, they can't move around the same way. You're able to be nimble and, and serve an audience that you you find specifically. Yeah, there's huge value in that, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's always possible that they can uh they can build products that compete, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> so so we're we're doing it because we know there's a need in the market. And so uh, we're, we're going to jump on it. Guys, property management in general is just such an antiquated industry. Like there, there's so much out there. There's so much. It's just, it's ripe. It's like wide open to be disrupted by technology in so many ways. And so it's really cool to see someone like Mark that's done, that's already done it and is doing it again. And now... You started out with kind of the underwriting side of the business, and now you're you're transitioning into more of the asset management side. Which, you know, asset management is it's not the sexiest side of the business when we're talking on podcasts and we're and we're doing all that stuff. It's much more sexy to talk about raising capital and finding deals, but it is equally, if not more, important to your success that you are good at asset management once you get into a deal. There's plenty of books and everything out there about, okay, how you can, you can get into one. It's not easy. Once you get into one, you can figure out how to do more of them. Can you run them right? And, and right now, especially more than ever, 
given given the the tightening of the market, have to be able to have maneuverability by running your sites right. So this is this is really cool. If you're interested in passively investing in multifamily syndications, we'd love to hear from you. Go to NighthawkEquity.com, click the join button and join our investment club. Fill out a short form and then you can have a call with us and we'd be happy to share with you some of our upcoming investment opportunities we have. That's NighthawkEquity.com. Talk to you soon. So when did you start this venture? So Tim and Nico, they actually left Walker and Dunlop. Nico left like a couple of years ago at this point. Tim left at the end of last year. They kind of saw that they were working on separate things that were kind of related. And they're like, hey, let's team up again. I, I kind of watched them from afar, saw their progress. I think they launched mid-January this year. And I was kind of watching their progress. Like, man be cool if I could join these guys. And then, you know, May came around. Uh, I was like, man, I'm going to make the jump now. It's a good point. I got good savings from the last startup, right? We're, we're in a good spot. Let's, let's do this. Let's take it to the next level this time. That's really cool. So this, how did you figure out that this is the niche that you wanted to explore and, and go down the path on? Yeah. So we, we tried a, a bunch of different, we built essentially minimum viable products to test different markets and, and get kind of the word out. We had like something that could extract data from floor plans. We had one that did automated listing descriptions, like you could write your listing descriptions automatically. And then ChatGPT came out and that wasn't quite as relevant because people could do that for free with ChatGPT, right? We, we tested a lot of different things and talked to a ton of people in the market about what their, their biggest pain points were. And we found on the operation side, the under 100 unit market, they're still going and manually surveying properties by going to the property websites. They don't have a good revenue management solution. And they're, they're not even thinking about it because they just don't, they don't think that it's a possibility for them. So it's not even in consideration, but it should be. And they're spending a lot of time speculating about pricing and what, what I should do, what levers I should pull. And once we heard the same kind of stuff over and over again, we thought, oh, there's a big market here. And on the lender side, we know that side pretty well from our time at Walker and Dunlop. Great company, but like every company, there are a lot of things in servicing that you know people could do more efficiently, right? And one of them is these asset management reviews that they do every quarter. So every Fannie or Freddie loan quarterly, they have to do a write-up. How did this property change quarter over quarter, year over year? What are the risk factors that we should identify and be aware of? And they have to summarize it in a report. It takes a couple hours to put together. Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you have a massive servicing portfolio and you have every single quarter, you have to put these together, that ends up being a massive amount of work, a, a lot of time spent on it. And at the end of the day, it's human beings analyzing it and summarizing. Well, AI could do that pretty darn well. So we, we realize that it's the same data that's necessary to drive on the owner side, improvement and optimization there, that, that lenders use to tell where the risk factors are in their portfolio. And we just thought, why not serve both markets, kind of bring them together, looking at the same data. And on one side, it's about how to maximize upside. On the other, it's about how to minimize downside, but it's the same data summarized in slightly different ways. So that's, that's kind of how we came to it being a large enough market on both sides to support this AI-driven asset management approach. So AI gets thrown around a lot now, but how do you infuse 
AI into something? Is it Does it come from somewhere and then you put it in and it's code? How does it work? People think it's like magical. It's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's So, I mean, like the, the unglamorous side of it, you know, we're labeling photos, lots, lots and lots of photos of interiors and exteriors and saying what attributes are present, what's the quality, what's the condition, adding more and more, right? That's not glamorous, but someone has to do it to be able to detect those attributes. So, so there's one side. On the other, it's, you know, obviously we're, we're familiar with ChatGPT and OpenAI. We do use the, the API, the OpenAI API to summarize things, right? So we have outputs, statistical analyses that we perform on the data that are not driven by AI. And then we summarize it with AI in a human readable format, kind of translating data from one format to the other. So, so there's another use that's pretty straightforward because most of, most of the work is getting the data together and analyzing it. But then when you want to present that, a much better way to do it is to put it in human terms. So I'm, I'm just trying to, I just want to try to figure out exactly. So what makes something not AI versus AI? Like, for example, CoStar, they're taking data from like all these data points across their entire website. Is that considered AI or or is it not? Like I like stuff like that. It's it's blurry. And a lot of people are, are appending AI to their company because the valuations shoot up, right? We're actually using it and it's, but it's not like you say, this is AI products. The whole thing is AI. There's a lot of stuff in between. Most of it's old adage, garbage in, garbage out, right? Most of the work is in getting clean data to train algorithms. And then once they're trained with very clean data, they perform very well. But if you don't put that time and energy up front to get the data in the perfect format, well, then the, the AI could say all kinds of stuff. For example, you know, we had a listing description generator and we had ChatGPT open next to it and we were comparing results. Well, I could put in, you know, a, a kind of high level summary of the attributes of the property. It's got hardwood floors that were just refinished in the living room. It's got brand new stainless steel appliances in the kitchen. And, you know, we redid the cabinets and everything. Well, it could hallucinate features, right? And say, oh, you they, they said hardwood floors are brand new in the, the living room. Oh, the, the AI will say brand new hardwood floors throughout, right? It could easily extrapolate that and put that in the listing description. And so we we saw that that actually happens if you don't tee up the, the data and you don't tee up the prompts properly. So those are things where, yeah, it could be used for good and it also can be used for detriment, especially the MLSs and the ILSs today. They're kind of battling this um these listing description generators and AI manipulated photographs where they, they take like the, the power lines out from the, the back of the house, all of a sudden blue skies and green grass everywhere like that. That's a real issue for compliance. So yeah, there, there are ways to use it for good ways to use it for bad. We're, we're using it in very surgical applications to handle specific things like the extraction of amenities from photos, summarizing outputs, converting concession text, where they put the specials on a website to to effective rent. I mean, that's something AI is really well suited to do. We can do it as a human, but you can't do it across a million properties. So we use AI for that as well. What do you think the danger of AI is? Well, I think there's potential for for bias in the, the training data, right? Whatever data you put into it, it's going to learn trends 
and, and learn to, to pick up on attributes of the data that we put there, right? So if there's bias up front, well, that's going to be trained into it. And, and we have like, for better or worse, there, there's a lot of biased people out there producing content and the AI is going to be trained on some of that content, right? So there's a risk there when it comes to things like fair housing. Talk about the listing descriptions. Something trained on listing descriptions that are not compliant will then generate not compliant listing descriptions. And that's a, a huge fair housing problem, right? And that's why I think the MLSs are, are really concerned about it. But aside from that, I mean, I don't think there's going to be an apocalypse where Skynet launches all the nukes at everybody. We don't need that to destroy ourselves, right? It's going to be it's going to be something much more simple. It's it's easier for the AI to mess with us than that. It can just create fake news. It can create fake videos of people talking. Have you seen the the videos of Biden saying stuff he didn't say or Trump saying stuff yeah, he didn't yeah, say? Yeah, of course. All you got to do is is get two sides to feel like, hey, they they did something to offend me. They did something to offend me. And then they're at war for no reason. That's how we'll end up destroying ourselves. <laughs> we, we just don't have as good a, a filter as we need for fake news. Yeah, that's a good perspective on on this. I mean, it's it's a whole... It's, there's so many now like .ai companies out there. How can somebody... I guess vet and vet a company to see, all right, is this really, is this really AI or is this just like another scam, I guess, out there? That is increasingly difficult because there are so many of these companies. You know, I, I talked with Tim and Nico, my my co-founders back in the day when they had the listing description generator. And, you know, they they launched it before ChatGPT came out. And then all of a sudden, there were no companies doing it, right? There were like a, a couple that, that had something. It wasn't very good. And then 9,000 of them sprung up overnight. They're just an overlay on ChatGPT, right? So they're taking something that you could get for free. They're teeing it up a little bit and then, you know, charging you for it. Totally. So I wish there was a good way to tell. I, I would say look at the longevity of the company look at who else they, they've been working with and, you know, selfishly, have they done this before? <laughs> Built a predictive analytics company and sold it in the past and now they're at it again? Okay, that seems legit, right? There are a lot of companies that are based in other countries that are, are launching new AI startups. There are a lot of companies that have never done this before and don't know real estate that are launching AI startups uh, that, that dabble in real estate a bit. If they don't talk to talk, they haven't worked with anyone in real estate, they don't understand the business, at least a bit, right? They're probably not going to have that much success when they're they're just an overlay on another product. Yeah, it's a really good point. Mark, how can people reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you? So check us out, hellodata, all one word, dot AI. Hellodata.ai is our site. And if you want to email me, it's Mark with a C, M-A-R-C at hellodata.ai. And I would love to set up a demo or just talk real estate. Cool. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I love this topic about AI and technology helping people improve their asset management operations because now more than ever, this is a, a period of time where you have to be really good at operations. And if you can have one more piece of technology that's going to help you get there, you want to go for it. I really enjoyed what he said about 
uh, being able to summarize in a very readable way is, is kind of what AI is and, and just how the technology works based on uh, data, very clear data. I think that's, that's super important. And then he talks about the risks, you know, you, and, and very valid risks. You could put out uh, content or, or anything that, that doesn't jive well with regulation. That's a very real risk. I didn't even think about misinformation, such as what he mentioned about uh, the, the Joe Biden and John, Donald Trump fake videos, which I think we've all seen. That's kind of stuff's a little scary, but I think there's more good applications than bad. And that's really the point of this, this conversation is that there's a lot of amazing things coming on the technology side. And you guys do your research and make sure you're not just getting into some of these programs, these AI programs that, that aren't really AI or are doing the wrong thing. They're just scraping your data, whatever it is. Go to guys like Mark and and do your homework. And you know, if the if the thing is is running janky, just just ditch it. Anyways, guys, if you want to figure out how you can get involved in and get into real estate without having to change toilets and worry about tenants and collecting rent and all those things, and you want to partner on a real estate deal, we at Nighthawk Equity offer LP investments into actual live deals that we find and source. And we've been doing this for a long time. I personally have been doing this for 13 years. And we'd love to partner with you, especially if you're an accredited investor on our next deal. And right now, if you find a deal, it's very difficult to find deals out there. But if you find a deal, it's likely a very good one. Just because pricing has dropped by anywhere from 20 to 30% in the last year with about rising interest rates. So when we have our next deal, definitely reach out to us before that and see if it's a fit to work together. And then when we have one, you'll know. And then and hopefully you can get a seat at the table because it is a great time to pick up some property if you can land one. With that, thanks for tuning in to the show today. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault. 